But you know, I got to ride on one of those old trains all the way to the North Pole. Up through Siberia and all the way up there. And, and, and you'd go out and there's the steam engine, put steam through the cars. And you can go out and there's a valve where you can get hot water and make tea. Right on, right on the steam engine. I had one of those little cars where there was a bed in it and all of that and a little room. And I spent, I don't know, two or three days riding all the way through Siberia, all the way to the North Pole, preaching the gospel. I tell you, I love old trains. And it's not the fastest mode, but it's still fun. Amen. We're going to talk this morning about prayer. And my sermon title is called The Track we run on. Now, I want to start off by reading um, something John Wesley said. He said, it seems as though God can do nothing except we ask him. Why that is, I do not know. John Wesley, the, the, fa- the founding father of the Methodist church, said, it seems as though God Now, when you think of God, you think we can do anything. But he said, it seems to me that God can do nothing but someone ask him. So he's limited by our prayers. Now, that almost slaps a lot of Christianity upside the head. He said, why that is, I don't know. Kenneth E. Hagin said the same thing. He said, I agree with John Wesley. It appears to me that God can do nothing but someone ask him, but I'm going to find out. And he did. Is God limited by your prayer? Listen to this statement. God has tied himself to mankind in his work. God does nothing in the earth except through the church. If he doesn't use the church, he doesn't do anything. Now, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Now, one of the things that I'm doing is the Spirit of the Lord has dealt with me to bring this church back to being a praying church. And we are going to go there. We are going to go there. Is God limited what he can do in America by our lack of prayer? Yes. Now, one of the reasons that I put the locomotive up there is this. Now, Re- Romans 1.16, pop it on the screen. I'm going to show you something. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. Now, how powerful is it? It's very powerful. As a matter of fact... There is no one in the universe more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, he's never lost a fight. We all know that. He's almighty God. I mean, there ain't anybody ever whipped him, and nobody in Washington is going to, though they do believe they are going to overthrow him, and they're up there. We're going to talk about that in a little while. We'll go political here in a little bit. But let's stop and think about this for a minute. The gospel is the power of God. Now, the gospel is threefold. I just said it a while ago. It's, 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 um, it's, it's not just going to heaven. 
It's, uh, he, we're redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. We're redeemed from three things. All right. Now, every one of us in this room have experienced at least the new birth, which is taking a man who is a complete sinner and turning him into a saint. That's the power of God. The only one that can do that is God. There's nothing, no, there's no program you've ever been in your life that'll do what God can do you with you through the power of the gospel. And the gospel is powerful. But I want you to think about this for a minute. Let's go back in history just a moment here. How many of y'all ever remember watching cowboy movies when you were younger? And all these younger guys right here, they don't know what we're talking about. They don't know, they don't have a clue what we're talking about. You know a little bit about old cowboy movies? Okay, cowboys. Rolling, 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 keep them doggy rolling. Come on, I'm doing better than y'all. Right, that was Clint Eastwood, and he was a baby then. Remember, he, was a, he ain't a baby right now. But we remember the old cowboy movies, and the cowboys would go out and round up all the cattle and brand them and, and get them all ready for market. And then they'd round up all the cowboys and their ropes and their cows and their horses, and, their, and they'd all get on a cattle drive and drive them where? Where? What market? New York? No? Abilene, Dodge City? Why? That's where the railroad was. The railroad connected the east to the west. That engine, that engine has the power to carry people, food, cattle. I don't care what you put on that puppy, it'll get it there. And when the railroad connected America, and it did, you know, understand this, and I'm going back in time before many of y'all were born except for Catherine Ford. And Diane Vanilla, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. But back, back in the day, the railroad didn't go everywhere out west. It only went to certain points. St. Louis was one of them. Uh, there was a few other places that they had. Abilene was one of the, tra- it was a trailhead. But the whole point was there was a place there they could sell the cattle to the cattle barons and bring it out, west, out east so all the people could have steak. And all the people in the east, you know, they wanted to go out and see the cowboys and the Indians and they all sold their, their clothing, their merchants, their hose and all the stuff they made and they put it on trains and sent it out. And that became the connector between the, north, the east and the west. And so the engine, the, the train was, was huge in development and, and it's the same right now. The gospel that we preach is the power of God. But I'm going to ask you a question. How good is that with no track? It is a worthless hunk of metal. And I don't care how powerful it is, without just two rails, it isn't going anywhere. We've never made a lot of we've never made a lot of big deal out of these guys right here. But these guys right here were muy importante. You either you either had these guys laying tracks or that engine didn't go anywhere. And we don't talk about that a lot. Today we're going to talk about the fact that in the United States of America and in this church, we have, well, we have the best preacher in Central Florida. 
Now, I'm, a, I'm only one vote, but I'm going to vote. I'm just going to vote. But I'm going to tell you right now, without prayer, this puppy's stuck. Now, I'm going to make a confession. I'm going to tell you where my sermon came from. I went to the Lord not too long ago, and I said, Father, I am praying and praying and praying and praying over this church. And he said, son, you're not going to do it alone. He said, you either get them praying or you're not going to go where you need to go. And I went, oh. He said, get up there and teach them. And you get them. They need to be praying too. You see, if, if you're not praying for your family, God is doing nothing in it. Nothing's happening. Now, we went quiet again. Y'all went quiet again. It's okay. That sort of thing. Our day of every time an evangelist comes to town, you running in the meeting for someone to pray for you is over. Get your own prayer life. Really, I'm preaching a good message. I know y'all are going to go quiet a little, me a little bit here. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Say, I'm ready to go. All right, I'm ready to preach you. I, said, I think I said 1 Timothy. I meant that, I think. Now, now, brethren, no, 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 no. 1 Timothy 2. Therefore, first of all, first of all, First of all, first of everything, first before business, first before Disney, first before vacation, first, first. I mean, number one, be above. Everything you do on this planet, supplication, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks, made for men. Why is that? Because without prayer, you're doing nothing. Nothing's happening. All of your effort. You know, we had one of those hamsters when I was a kid, and we bought him that wheel. If I had had one today, I'd hook it to a, I would hook it to a way to make electricity and let that sucker charge my phone. <laughs> Keep going, Herman. You just charge it up, baby. <laughs> but little Herman, he he didn't know he wasn't going anywhere. He just get out and butter. And see, and, that, and that's pretty much the way Christians live their life. Wake up morning. And at the end of the day, you went nowhere fast. And you die and go, <sighs> first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, giving the thanks to be made for all men. Go to verse 2. For kings and all that are in authority, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. What in the world is wrong with America? 
right there. Listen to me. There is not an idiot in Washington, which is most of them, that can screw the nation up if God is working in there. But he isn't. Because nobody's asking him to. And it's going to hell in a handbasket because the devil who is a defeated foe is ruling your nation. That's heavy, isn't it? Why? Because the church is not doing what he told them to do. The devil ain't bigger than God. You think God can't take care of a politician? See, listen to me. Just real quick. Just quit relying on a politician to fix it. They're the one that screwed it up. America's doing good. We don't need a politician. We need less of them. We just need them to be righteous, and the rest of them just get out of there and go to work at McDonald's or something. But America's in a mess. So let's talk about, let's, talk about, let's go back to prosperity for a moment. Let's just go back here a minute. What is in an apple? Seeds. What happens if you plant a seed? Grows a tree. What happens when you grow a tree? What's it produce? A politician can't stop that. Ain't a politician in Washington can stop an apple from growing. I got no, you want more good news? There's fish right now out in the sea making fish. Ain't a politician on the planet can stop it. Thank you, Jesus, that they can't screw it up. Because if they could get their hands on it, they'd screw it up. Aren't you glad they don't have a handle on there? They'd sell it to you. So all the problems that we're having right now, the, first of all, the politicians can't mess it up. But second of all, second of all, the problems that, that are there now were created. God doesn't need to fix it. He just needs to get the pig out of the well. You get the idiots out of Washington, the water will clean. All right. But why is it in the mess that it's in? I'm going to tell you because we haven't been doing what he said do. Is God limited? Is God hindered by a, does he want to? Yeah. Honey, he gave us this nation. He gave us the United States of America. He gave you the good things you have. He wants you to enjoy your life. But you also have people who are crazy. So God, you, now here, let's, let's ask the question. What in the world am I going to do about all the liars in Washington? Nothing. Because you don't even know which ones are, well, we, yeah, we do. We know. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But, but you know it's good and well. You, you're not going to go up there and straighten it out. But I know somebody who can. God. I'm going to bring some names to you right now of people in Washington, and I want you to get them out of there. And I want you to start removing some of these people and putting some people in. And what's he doing? He's waiting on someone to ask him. I believe that he's moving now greater than he did four years ago because the church had an aha moment and went, what happened? While I was at Disney, the world went to hell. I'm picking on your bed. Isn't it amazing that every time things start going well, the first thing we do is walk out of church? Well, I was my stint with God <laughs> until I die. 
I'm being brutal now. I need to be nice. Amazing how much our flesh rules us. Now, let's, let's look at this because he gave us a promise here. For kings and all that are authority that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life, <laughs> is that possible? You bet it is. We've been doing it now for 249 years. The greatest nation on the earth. Why? Men prayed. We're in a battle. And we're in a battle with a demonic host of hell. And we have authority over all the work of the enemy. And while we're here, Satan's not taking this nation. God gave it to us, and we're going to keep it. Amen. All right, we'll get there in a minute. Let's look at another one here. Are you all ready? I'm ready anyway, whether you are or not. Acts chapter 4. Now, think about what I just said. Because that's a powerful statement. While I'm going here, let me tell you a story again. I've told it to you before. I'm going to tell it to you again. Because some of y'all need to hear it over and over and over. Even me. So don't, you know. When I was in Tulsa, and I was trying to get to, out of Tulsa, the Lord told me that my boss Jan had to get saved. And I went. I told you last week she's Italian. That was not good. But you remember the time during my prayer, the Lord asked me, Asked me to get her to church. Now I'm I'm sitting there going, You already know what you need to do, God. Get her to church. But what he said was so strange. Ask me to get her to church. Why are you asking me to ask you to get her to church? Just get her to church. I mean, you're God. Is he limited by my prayers? Yes. That became so powerful to me that now I realized that my prayer life is not me talking God into the notion, but God and I are working together toward a common goal. I need him, and he needs me. You need him, and he needs you. There are things going on in your home and family that's not God. And he will never touch it until you decide to step in the throne room and go, I want to talk to you about my kids, my grandkids, and my family. Let me throw one at you. If you don't pray, they will go to hell. Well, it's not God's will they go to hell. No, it isn't. Well, what's he going to do? He already died for them. What if no one is asking the Lord, pray the Lord of the harvest to do what? Send labors. You're either praying for him to send someone across their path. You're either praying mercy on them. You're either pleading the blood over them or nothing's being done. Say, wow. There's a lot of stuff God wants to do even in this church. 
starting next Sunday morning, 10 minutes. Is 10 minutes enough, Barbara? 15? Well, you tell me later. Before service, when you come in, do your talking in the foyer. Starting second service, we're going to come in and have 10 or 15 minutes of prayer. We're going to come to church, and we're going to pray every Sunday. America needs it. Your family needs it. And this church needs it. And like I said a while ago, he said to me, you can't do this alone. You better get them to hook with you. And so I'm going to do that. Now, you can, you can get here, if, but if you come, and you come walking in and, and going, hey, Joe, someone's going to call you and say, But if you want to come pray, you just come sit down and, and start, let's just start praying. Now, Barbara said something to me one day, but I'll tell you someone else that said it. Dr. Paul Youngi Cho, who has one million people in his church. And I'm thinking, I probably should listen to that guy. All the people that come to his, I think it's like 15 church services on Sunday. Every hour and a half, they fill the building with another 100,000 people. That's a lot of people. And they all come in and sit down and pray. Let me tell you another story. During the Vietnam War, every boy that went to Vietnam's name was given to a prayer warrior. Do you know how many boys died from Paul Young Cho's church? None. Not a one. Why? God will move. If you'll ask him, God does nothing except in response to prayer. I'm going to drill that in you until you go, I'm going to leave today and get me a prayer life. Say amen. amen. Before I read the next one here, I'm going to tell you another story. I'm just going to follow God here. Back. In the early 1900s, 1920, 1930, there was a group of Pentecostals in, um, in Oklahoma that the Lord dealt with them to go to a field. And I mean in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. I mean, there's a little town they were in. There's nothing in the town. A few buffaloes, a few cows. Tumbleweed and nothing there. And they all went out and they at night and they went to this, and it was a ditch. And they would all get out of their little cars and they would walk out in this big prairie and they all got in this ditch and they started praying for a move of God through the world. Now think about a bunch of crazy old women <laughs> in a ditch praying that God... From this ditch would reach the world from this ditch. About 30 years later, a guy named Kenneth Hagin bought that ditch and put Ramah on it. Oh, it wasn't an accident. A bunch of old women prayed a move of God all over the planet from a ditch in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I wonder what would happen if people in Apopka just kind of walked in and went, from this day forward, 
The whole world will be reached from this, this church sitting on a hill in the middle of a popka, and we will reach the world with the gospel. I mean, if a, I mean, just think if a dozen old Pentecostal women with buns in their hair can do it. I mean, my God, we ought to be able to do it. And that is a true story. I wonder when they died, and now they're looking down and going, my God, look at that school. How many people, Lisa, are in the, how many people? Hundreds. Hundred thousand students. Hundred thousand students. In 138 nations of the earth. And a bunch of old Pentecostal women. 97,000. By the way, April, Kenneth Hagin Jr. will be here. Him and Lynette and preaching and we're going to have a powerful move of God. He's always wanted to come to my church. I'm a faith man. I speak by faith. Don't look at me and say, I go to Acts 4. Are you all all right? Acts 4, 23. Now, in the book of Acts, God, Jesus told them, go in all the world and preach the gospel. You would think that would be enough, except the government didn't like it. There was actually people in Jerusalem that didn't like what they were doing. And they had authority to arrest them. They had authority to put them in jail. They had authority to do a whole lot of stuff and to interrupt their life. And they got out and they're preaching the gospel and people getting saved. And the authorities got on to them and a couple of them got taken to court and got beaten. Now, they don't beat them anymore, I don't think. But I want you to understand something. There's still a devil and he still don't like you. If you think he's going to lay down and let you do what you want to, you're wrong. People always come to me when we do something and say, oh, Pastor, why was there trouble? Well, honey, if you do anything for God, there's always going to be trouble. Don't you tell me that you're going to do something for God and the devil's not going to show up. There's two people that are going to come. Satan's going to come and the God's going to come. Satan's going to come anyway and God's going to come if you ask him. The devil, he don't wait to be asked. He's just a pushy little punk. And not only that, he's a defeated angel. Don't, he's not that big a deal. All right. Being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priest and the Democrats and the Republicans. I said them both. You say, which one are you? Neither. I'm a Christian. Now, I vote in the Republican Party for the few good ones that are in there. No, no boy, don't get me going. And vote the rest of them out and vote those out and get rid of the corrupt and the crooks. You got them both. Now, too much junk going on in politics. But I got to sit on one, so I had to choose the most righteous platform. Not the party. I mean, both parties messed up. So if you call yourself a, a blank or a blank, why don't you start calling yourself a Christian? Vote Christian. All right. Anyway, Washington has got, I mean, I mean, Jerusalem's gotten on to them, giving them trouble. 
Tell them they got to have vaccines and all kinds of junk. Can wear a mask and shut your door. And they are, they're giving them all kind of trouble. <laughs> and I don't think they're done. But we're, but we're just getting started. I don't think they know who they're messing with. You, you ready to jump on God? You, re, you, you really think you ready to jump on God? Because you might think that I ain't much, but Goliath didn't think David was much either. And you found out it wasn't the size of the dog in the fight. It was the size of the fight in the dog. And David said, it ain't me, baby. You jump on me, you're jumping on God, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that little old preacher over in the pocket. Yeah, but he knows God. And those people know God. And when they're done, they're going to win the fight. You understand that? And there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of preachers who finally got a backbone. <laughs> Took off their shirt and painted that yellow stripe up their back and got, some, got a crowbar and stuck it back in there. And decided to quit being a big sissy because they were saved. Christianity don't make a sissy out of you. It makes a man a God out of you if it makes anything out of you. Jesus wasn't a sissy and he ain't a sissy now. And if you don't know that, you're going to meet him one day and find out he wasn't a sissy then. And he sure ain't no sissy now. All right, never mind. i got to get back to preaching my scripture. Whoa, glory to God. Being let go, they went their own companions, reported all the chief priests and elders said, and they heard that, they raised their voice to God. Now, notice it didn't say the pastor raised his voice to God. See, listen to me, Richard. Listen, there's way too much of this pastor. Pray for me. Pastor, hold it. I'm going to pray. I'm gonna, Lord, help us today. Hallelujah. It said they. It said they. Honey, they ain't, they're more than one person in this building praying, and it ain't just one guy with a microphone. That means that when he opened his mouth and prayed, everybody in the building began to open up their mouth and go, yeah, I got something to say to you about it myself. And the whole building went to God. Why? Because there's only one guy who can fix this mess. And that is God. I'm going to tell you something. There's one guy who can fix this mess, and, and it's God. I tell, you, I tell you right now, I think Americans finally got tired of it. You know, everybody thought during the last election, what are we going to do? You know, people started praying, Lord, send Lord of the harvest, send, send laborers. And Mario Murillo, somebody started praying for California because it's going to hell. And people started praying over California. And Mario Murillo put a tent up there and all the, all the idiots got saved. <laughs> Drug addicts got saved and politicians got saved and rich people got saved and poor people got saved. And then he raised up Jonathan Shuttle. Folks, listen to me. There's more than two. But you know, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to start asking him. Father God, send me about 100 Billy Grahams back in the nation and send one to Washington and park your tent right in the middle of the square up there. I want to see politicians on their face before God. You want to go to Washington? Go righteous. 
Okay. Let me tell you something. God can turn it. If somebody had asked him. And I'm, I'm asking. I'm not, I, listen, I'm not laying down. I got work to do. And I ain't afraid of a fight. Some of her knows I think you all knew that. Now, I want you, I want you, what they're going to quote here is Psalm 2. They're going to read Psalm 2 to God. We, I can't do it today, but I'm, next, next Sunday morning, I'm going to teach you how to pray, not whine. I'm going to tell you something about God. He loved for you to read his Bible to him. God, you said. Not only that, but you said. And I'm going to read something else to you. You said. And then you said. And he goes, ah, I like that book. You know, the book of Daniel. The Bible says Daniel sought God. You know what he was doing? He was reading Jeremiah's prophecy to God. You know what got his attention? His word. Your prayers, forget it. His word, he likes it. You want to give you a scripture? Father, you said, oh, I pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters. Can I come to you right now and remind you? Pour out your spirit on my kids and my grandkids in Jesus' name. And then you said, I got authority over all the work of the enemy. And I bind every devil off of them in Jesus' name. And you ain't taking them to hell. You say, is God working in your family? I don't know. Is he working in yours? He working in mine. My kids ain't going to hell. I got one of my daughters here. Well, she's over there in the back. She's not going to hell because I won't let her. I, I got stories. I'm just, I'm just, let's just, I'm just going to tell you a story. I just like telling stories. You know, Norval Hayes had a daughter, and she was messed up. She was on drugs. And Norval would go to God and say, God save Zona. God help Zona. One day, an angel walked into Zona's bedroom and sat on the edge of the bed. He didn't say nothing. He just stared at her. And he didn't give one of those angelic looks. And he just sat there and looked at her. And you know what Zona said? And started screaming. An angel was sitting on my bed staring at me. All the dope devils left. And then after he stared at her about a half an hour and scared the out of her, he got up and walked through the wall. And that scared her. That was her last drug. <laughs> Are y'all ready? God send an angel to my in-laws. Send an angel. Come on, y'all. Come on now. God send an angel to my family members. 
sent an angel to sit on the bed of some of my family members and let them know they're not God. That's a way to get right with God. Have an angel stand there and just look at you real strong. You nut, what are you doing? I'm an angel. If she never did drugs again, you wouldn't either. <laughs> I mean, you just stand he didn't even have to say nothing. When Norval prayed, God answered. What if he hadn't prayed? Zona would probably still be on drugs. Psalm 2. Go to Psalm 2. Go to <laughs> Zach, I'm having fun. And my fun will end in a few minutes, and I'm going to go home and eat a burger and a weenie or something. Lay by the pool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, let, let me just say something to you all right now. Just, just Years ago, I took it upon me to worry about you. And I always came in with the idea that I had to preach you into heaven and preach you out of sin. I don't do that anymore. I'm done. I'm going to give you the word and you can go to hell. I don't mean that. I mean, I mean, just, just, it took me a while to figure out that you're going to do what you want to do. And I'm not going to lose any sleep today over whether you like my sermon or even start praying. Come on, y'all. I mean, if you backslide, you just backslide all you want to. And I'm not going to come to your house and I ain't going to pray for you all day. I, you don't pay me enough to pray for you all day. If you ain't praying for you, ain't no, you ain't getting prayed for. Pastor, are you praying for me? No. I do pray over this church in mass. I do pray over my sermon that today you would go home with a revelation of your responsibility to pray. But when I'm finished preaching, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> I'm happy. There's 8 billion people on the planet. I can find somebody to preach to. Woo! All right, never mind. See, y'all went quiet again. What's this quiet stuff? It's just, can't quite like that very much. That's all right. This is the psalm that they quoted to God. They went to a prayer meeting and they read a psalm to God. His psalm. He said, why do the nations rage and people in Washington plot vain things? The kings of the earth have set themselves and the rulers in the new world order have taken counsel against the Lord and against his anointed and said, let's break their bonds to pieces and cast their cords from us. Really? You must think you're a big hot dog. You're going to do what to God? Has it ever worked? 
No, ain't nobody ever overthrown the church. And he who sits in the heaven said, Are y'all serious? Why did he say, <laughs> because he wants you to say, <laughs> you said what, devil? <laughs> you ain't going to destroy our nation. The church is here. And we're going to pray you out. See, from now on, there's a code word in this church. <laughs> it's a code. Only people know it's people in this church. If we look at each other and go, <laughs> what that means is God is a big God. And I've been praying about it. What are you going to do about the gas prices? <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. Because I ain't selling my truck. No, you foul devil from hell, I ain't selling that truck. No, no, no. And, and I'm going to continue to put gas in Lisa's jet ski and pull her around the lake as long as she wants to go skiing. Uh, you understand? <laughs> I got another one for you. I'll eat steak when I want to eat steak. Here's my answer. <laughs> really. As long as there's a God on the throne, I'm going to go have him talk to him about what the, you, you crazy people up in Washington are doing. And we're going to get some of y'all put in prison. Jesus cursed a fig tree. I think we might want to speak to a few politicians and tell them to dry up. I, I command the corruption to be exposed in Jesus' name. We're not allowing this, not having this anymore. Now, again, I didn't say I'm looking to a politician. They're the reason we're in this mess. Now, if God wants to raise some up, let's do it. But in the meantime, I'm going to talk to God. I used to want to go see Trump. Now I don't care. I want to go see God. Because at least I know I'll leave the throne room with some answers. From somebody who can actually just do something about it. My mother... Do you know why she picked on me first? I was the worst. You know, there's, a, there's something to be gained from being the worst. You see, my brother went to college. Don't need to worry about him. He's doing pretty good. My older sister, she's really nice. But that Daryl, they wrote Dennis some in his movies after me. I mean, they just they used to ride my horse through people's yard because I thought every, the whole neighborhood was a, was a cowboy prairie. And, and boy, my mother got calls and says, your son has been riding a horse through my lawn and tearing it up. And I went, 
Mom, where I mean, I just thought that I, I thought that's what their yard was for. <laughs> then I built a barn in the neighborhood, and the neighbors didn't like that. And I thought, well, where else am I going to keep my horse? How can I be a cowboy without a real horse? And how can I have a horse with nowhere to ride him except your yard? I'm trying to tell you, I was a handful. I was an absolute handful. So because I was that way, I was their number one pet project. I mean, if anybody needs to get saved, it's Daryl. And boy, I'm going to tell you what, I sure am glad that I rode my horse through people's yard. And my mom started praying for me. Good God. I'd be out hunting and God would get on me. Talking to me about heaven and hell. And I'm going, what are you doing? I'm, out, I'm trying to deer hunt. And you're talking to me about going to hell. Well, you might laying in the woods thinking about hell. And my mother's praying for me and God's going, you better straighten up, you're going to go to hell. I'm going, what, 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 who are you? What, what? <laughs> go to bed at night and wake up and think about, I'm going to hell. What? And my mother prayed me into the kingdom. When she got through with me, she said, Robin's next. And she prayed Robin in. Then she prayed Nancy in. Just imagine what would happen if you started praying for your kids. Is God moving? If you ain't praying, he ain't. He who sits in heaven laughs and says the Lord will hold him in derision. We're talking Washington. And he'll speak to them in his wrath and distress and his deep displeasure. I set my king on my holy hill. And you are not going to dethrone him. There's no authority in the universe higher than Jesus. I don't care what Washington says. We can appeal to a higher court. I think somebody did. They told us Roe versus Wade would never be overthrown. Do you think the court made that decision? No, I think the church made that decision. I think the church went to God. You say, what happened to the Supreme Court? Well, maybe an angel all sat on their bed and scared the devil out of them all. When God gets on you, you're changing. I'm doing pretty good. I will declare the decree, and the Lord has said to me, you're my son, today I have begotten you. Now listen to what he said to Jesus. Ask me, I'll give you the nations. What's the problem in Ukraine? Not enough prayer. What's the problem in Russia? Not enough prayer. You pray for Russia, God will give you Russia. He'll give you anything you ask him for. He'll give you a popka if you ask him for The stuff that's going on in America, it won't go on in a popka. You listen to me. It ain't happening in this city. There's a church in a popka that read a scripture. Whatever you allow, I allow. 
What do you forbid? I forbid. We'll have no woke agenda in this city. We'll have no Disney agenda in this city. We're not turning our kids over to the devil, not in a popka, in Jesus' name. And while we're at it, we're going to pray over the governor that he stays in office. And if he loses that position, we'll put another man of God in that office because we're not even going to give the state of Florida to the devil. You say, what about California? Do your own praying. It's your state. Why are you allowing that stuff to go on in your city? I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm just cranking up. I'm just now getting started. Y'all just bear with me a few minutes. But years ago, there was a hurricane that came through Central Florida. I don't know what name it was. Ask Lisa. She knows all of those names. Lucille and Betty and Susie and all those hurricanes. And they even named some Bob and Billy Bob. I don't know. But Barbara would be interested in this. And my mother calls me. No, Mar- no, 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 it wasn't. It was um, Karen Mosley calls me on the phone. There's a hurricane brewing out. Oh, we'd already had one tore up the state of Florida. Huh? Francis. I knew you'd know. She'll know the name of the next one, too. I'll tell you that. She'll even know their phone number. That's just a, That's the smartest woman I've ever met in my life. She'll call you on the phone, and a week later, she'll tell me your phone number. I mean, I'm just like, good. I, I talk to you, and I can't remember your name five minutes after I talk to you. I mean, you remember that lady in there that had a little boy? What's her name? She goes, you know. So Karen Mosley calls me and said, what are you going to do about the hurricane? I said, Karen, I ain't going to do nothing about no hurricane. You're aggravating me. What am I going to do about a hurricane? She said, it's your state. I said, it ain't my state. She said, you live there. Why are you allowing a hurricane to tear up your state? Well, I hung up on her. This made me mad. One other person called me and said, I don't know who it was. No, she was the last one. I'm waiting on my mother. Someone else walked to me and said, Pastor Morgan, what are you going to do about that hurricane? I went, I ain't doing nothing about no hurricane. See, I, I'm lazy. I mean, I don't like to pray all the time either. I mean, I don't, I'm not some, I don't wake up in the morning with angels, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty on my head. I wake up like you do. Oh, where's the coffee? I even got a T-shirt. I'm your cup of coffee. I mean, I. So finally, finally, Barbara remembers the day. My mother calls me. Well, now I'm like, oh, God, Mom. Daryl, what are you going to do about that hurricane? I said, Mama. I wasn't planning on doing nothing about no hurricane. Well, you'd better or else. Going, mind your own business, woman. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm driving down Pond Can. I said, God, they're right. They are right. You and I both know 
because that hurricane was coming to West Palm Beach. I said, if it hits, people are going to die and go to hell. You know that, and I know that. I said, what do you want me to do about it? Right there in my truck, the Spirit of God came on me and said, tell it to slow down. And I could see the hurricane. I could see a face, and I could see a demon presence in it. And I pointed my finger, and I said, I called it by name, whatever it was. And he wouldn't let me stop it. He said, you slow down in Jesus' name. I'm on the radio, and I get in. Z88 was on, and the lady starts screaming. My God, the hurricane went from a Category 4 to a 2. Wham! Like that. And it just stopped. And I'm going, that's cool. That is cool. I came in and I looked at Barbara and I think, I don't know if you remember that day, I said, that hurricane just slowed up. And I told her, I said, I got to brag. I got to tell somebody I did it. I mean, I got to. It's cool to be used by God. It's cool. And it stayed out there for another day. And then it crept in a category two. What, what would have happened if I hadn't have prayed about it? Who was allowing it to come in? We are allowing too much stuff to go on in this nation. That's my sermon right there. Listen to me very carefully. We are allowing it because we've been religiously taught. And we don't know what the Lord's going to do. Not a thing. Unless we pray. Is he dependent on us? Come on, y'all. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm, I'm not just preaching a cute sermon. We're talking life and death. We will see the greatest move of God this nation's ever seen. What's God waiting on? Us. Wow. All right. Okay. James chapter 5. Y'all okay? I got one more. I mean, I listen, y'all, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I, I feel inside like I am pregnant with a fire hydrant. Do you know what I mean by that? That means, I mean, I'm trying to contain this in me. That I know God is like, I want you to say this. And whenever the Holy Ghost gets on me, it's like this... So if I look like I'm erupting a moment or two, I am. And it'll dissipate when I get home. Because Lisa wants it to. Because when it doesn't, she's going to get two or three or four hours of this. And she don't want that. She wants to sleep. But if I'm still under the anointing when we go and take a nap... She's going to have to put, Johnny, uh, just shut up. <laughs> Go in the other room. 
Go talk to God someplace else. James 5.13, let's go to this. Is any among you suffering? Let him ask someone to do his praying for him. And with all the love in my heart, nobody cares more about you than you. And all the trouble is in you, so you're the one that has to pray it out. I can't pray all that's in you out of you. If I could, I still wouldn't. Now understand, I prayed my sister out of hell. I prayed Lisa out of hell. I prayed the boys out of hell. I prayed a lot of people. But honey, you're under one person. Learn to pray. You say, I don't know how. Learn anyway. You say, how? Begin. Any of you self-cheerful? Find somebody to sing for you. Please sing a song for me. I'm happy. It don't work. I asked Alex a while ago if he'd go to the bathroom for me. He said no. He said he wanted to know if he could help me, and I told him how to help me. And eh, It's hard to get good help. You're laughing. It's just as stupid to ask someone to pray for you. Pray for me. They're not going to do it. God help them. That's, that's about it. When you're a baby Christian, that's fine. Come on. God, I delivered this baby. Are y'all are y'all hearing me? I love y'all. We love y'all. I love every one of y'all. But there's things I can't do. There's things God wants to do. There's another scripture. Let me, let me, Father, I forgot it. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to give it to him. Hebrews 4.16. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you one scripture. Aren't those tracks cool? Let us therefore come, wow, to the what? What is grace? It is undeserved favor. Don't go in there because you deserve everything. You don't deserve nothing. No, I ain't been living right. Ain't nobody been living right. Just go in there anyway. <laughs> I got a lot more to preach, and I'm just now getting started. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, not judgment, and but mercy. Father, have mercy on Che. Mercy on Ashley. Mercy on Josh, Justin. I plead the blood over my family in Jesus' name. I plead the blood over them. Satan. Get your hands off my daughters. Get your hands off my son. Get your hands off my wife. Get your hands off my body. In Jesus' name, Father God, you said, I call on the name of the Lord. You said. One of the things about being a grandpa, grandpa's pray. Grandmas pray. Mamas pray. 
I want you to look at that scripture and I want you to walk out of here today with this attitude in your heart. I'm not going to allow the I'm not going to allow the devil to do it anymore. You're not talking to God into the notion. He wants you to ask him. And he wants to, he wants to go to work. And he just need it's not it's not time. You don't have to pray hours and hours and hours. Sometimes I'll pray five minutes and I just thank God. I, I say, Heavenly Father, I need you to I need you to I just need you to help them right now. I need you to open up their eyes and open up their and understand and give them an understanding heart. And I and I take authority over every devil in hell to try to stop them in Jesus' name. And just go about my business. I'd rather pray a little bit all day long than than and even though I do, I'll, I'll sometimes sit and I'll make myself pray in the Holy Ghost. I make myself do it. Do I always feel like it? Absolutely not. There's times I start and I'm like, Shandai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. Oh, help me, Jesus. I know, I know you do too. I'll tell you what, you get over there in the spirit. Ooh, glory to God. And you can tell when you hit it because you hit like this. The lion starts roaring. Sometimes Lisa says, you're making a lot of noise in the living room. I'm going to close the door. I get praying, sometimes I get real loud. I'm just loud anyway. Wait till I raise my voice, I get really loud. The neighbors are calling and saying, tell him to shut up. No, they don't really. They don't. I'm trying to motivate you. Are y'all game? Do you believe with me that we can see God turn this nation back the way it's supposed to go? I do. You don't have a problem, he can't fix it. You don't have a problem he can't fix. Barbara, you don't have a problem he can't fix. You don't have a problem he can't fix. How's Tiffany? Plead the blood over her. Plead the blood of Jesus over that girl. You know, God loves the people you don't like. Do you want mercy? Pray mercy on people. Father, have mercy on them. Father, I have, I walked in this church just a little while ago with this whole thing you're talking. It is, it is on my heart, and I'm happy about it because I know you're good. My heart's desire this morning is that every one of us in this room will hear that we, we've neglected something very powerful. It's not because we're bad. We just need to be reminded every once in a while. You're wanting so much to move in our lives and our families and this nation. There's so much to be done. The time is short. We're running out of time. But there's people that need prayer. It's not going to get done by just one or two or three people. Thank you for the women that pray Monday night. But that's not enough. 
It's going to take a lot more of us in this room. I pray all of us would begin to pick it up and realize that it's time for us to learn. Our children need prayer. If, if you're a man, get over the idea you're a man and that's your wife's job. Be a man of God. Learn to pray. Let men lift up hands and pray, not women. Well, I wish men would be men. Okay. <laughs> oh, glory to God. All over this room right now, Heavenly Father, I, I think everybody in here is sitting listening to me preach. And I think they understand this is not just a sermon. This is a heart plea coming straight out of heaven upon a, us as a church and us as a nation. Now, there's so much you want to do. But you need your church. You need, we know, we know to do this. It's time to begin. Father, I will begin. I. You're looking for someone to pray. Count me in. If that's you, pray with me. Heavenly Father, if you're looking for someone to pray, count me in. I will pray over my family. I'll pray over my husband and my wife. I'll pray over my children. I'll pray over my church. And I'll pray over my nation. And I thank you for that, sir. In Jesus' name. I have neighbors that are not nice. They're really not nice. The other day I was walking through the yard and I said to God, I said, they won't go to hell on my watch. And I stopped and prayed for a very mean woman who, unless she meets Jesus, will go to hell. I cannot stand before God having not brought her name and ask him to have mercy on her. Have mercy on her. Send someone across her path. She don't listen to me. And then I sat there in my yard and I prayed for all of my neighbors by name. This man over there, he's not born again. He's not listening to me. Well, somebody, he'll listen to somebody. And I doubt very seriously, Father, anybody's praying for that man. My mom prayed for me or I wouldn't have gotten saved. I owe this generation. And then I stood up and I prayed over you. I said, Father, Sunday morning, would you help me to create a church of people who know how to pray? You can rock heaven and hell on your knees change your whole job. People, they, they get mad at me for talking about me working on an all-black crew. But half of them got saved. We talked about everything. We talked about everything. Women, sex, drugs, we talked about everything. 
Many of them got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I prayed for those men. They were mean to me. <laughs> Omar Walker's in heaven. He's a black panther. He's in heaven. My boss, Larry, is dead. He's not in heaven. He told me to shut up. He didn't want to hear about it. 43 years of age, he dropped dead. And I talked to him for two years about the Lord. And he died and went to hell. And I pray. And it's not on my conscience. I pray for him. I'm trying to be quiet. I'm trying to, are y'all hearing me? Father, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to stop the service and do what we normally do, stop, go out, eat. The Lord asked me one time, he said, are you willing to come to heaven without your sons and daughters? I said, no, sir. He said, change. that I need you to obey me. Heavy thought. I'm on my way to heaven to get there and I got family members. No, not me. I don't make enough money to go to heaven without my family. I'm not even going without you. You're going. You are too. You take her with you. Can we med- can we spend a minute praying? Can we begin right now? I'm not ready to dust. I just I want you to stop right now and pray for people you hadn't prayed for. And I'm talking basically your family. Ask God to ask God to bring labors across your path. Ask him to teach you. The disciples said, teach us to pray. Teach us, teach us how to pray. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.